ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 present The Drive. Brought to you by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Local then, local now. Never FDIC. It is Tuesday, September 8th. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 FM at AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. You can join the program by calling the Miller Lite phone lines at 877-420-TALK. That is 877-420-8255. Miller Lite holds true great taste. It's only 96 calories. It is the original light beer. Today's Tuesday. Yesterday was Labor Day. Uh, We didn't have a show yesterday. Baseball and Labor Day, of course. A great combination. So we're here today. Marshall, of course, over the weekend plays against EKU, destroys EKU. And if you were with us on the post game on Saturday, we all were impressed with Grant Wells. And of course, he was named Conference USA Offensive Player of the Week. That was yesterday. Why? Well, you know, when you come out, your debut game, you haven't played for a couple years and you complete. 16 of 23 passes. You get 307 yards, four touchdowns, all by the way, no interceptions, and in two and a half quarters of action, it could have been worse. He could have been out there. He could have chucked it up for maybe another 100 yards or so, and you get the 59 nothing win over Eastern Kentucky. People are going to look at you and think, okay, you did pretty good. Kid also rushed for 30 yards on six carries, and He completed his first eight passes. He's the first Marshall quarterback with 300-plus passing yards in a debut. A debut. Exceeding the previous record of 292 by Stan Hill versus Miami on November 11, 2002. Remember that game? If you have fond memories of that game, that's going to be what you want to tweet at me, at Paul Swan, because, well, we all remember November 11, 2002. It was just a fun game to beat Miami of Ohio. It's always fun to beat Miami of Ohio, but we won't digress too much into that. Now, he also tied the school record for most passing touchdowns in a debut with four, equaling the mark, which was also set by Hill versus Miami and Chase Litton versus Norfolk State. Norfolk State in 2015. Local kid. You get a local kid as your quarterback, you can't be nothing but excited. Marshall offensively just, they own them. 627 yards of total offense, 34 first downs, did not punt in a game for the first time since October 21st, 2006 versus UAB. So the Thundering Herd, came out and did what Marshall football is supposed to do against an EKU. That's what you expect when you see Marshall football take on a school like EKU. That's what you hope for anyway. And now it gets a lot tougher. Appalachian State's not just going to come in and roll over for the Thundering Herd. There won't be a 59-0 route of the Appalachian State Mountaineers. But That game's going to be a challenge. It happens in a couple of weeks. And then, of course, you've all heard the news by now. If you haven't, uh, there's probably going to be either a rescheduling of the Rice game on October 3rd or a uh, replacement game. Don't know yet. Of course, Rice having some problems right now getting off the ground, getting their football team on the field to even play a game. So October 3rd impacted by that. So expect maybe here the next couple of days either we'll have some information or you might have a a new opponent coming in the Jones C. Edwards Stadium. Maybe it's going to be a conference opponent. Maybe it's going to be another team from a different league. Who knows? 
But all of that's happening right now. And then yesterday, Southern Miss basically losing their football coach. And you see all the news come out pretty rapidly. Jay Hobson resigns. They love winners at at Southern Miss. They love winners. And the Golden Eagles, well, had a 28-23 record. Three bowl games. You open up your career at Southern Miss with a 44-35 victory over Kentucky and Lexington. So things were off to a great start there. That was Southern Miss's first victory over an SEC team since 2000. And that's what Southern Miss was all about. Southern Miss football was playing the big boys, being a giant killer to those teams. And now look at Southern Miss. Southern Miss left behind when Conference USA had to reshuffle, reorganize when the American started cherry-picking teams and Southern Miss finds themselves in Conference USA. And Southern Miss, when Southern Miss is good, Conference USA is good. That's my honest belief. When Southern Miss is one of the one of the premier football programs in this conference, this conference is really good, I think, because they're a great program. And so... He resigned. Hart just probably wasn't in it anymore. That's interesting. Marshall doesn't have them on the schedule, so not a direct impact. But then again, we don't know what the schedule is going to look like in a few weeks, so maybe Southern Miss finds its way back on the schedule. I don't know. No one knows really. Uh, Mike Cameron has said constantly that he's probably going to be scheduling in the season. This schedule that we have right now that I've printed and that you have, it's not rock solid. It's not 100%. Until those games are played, this game that's coming up with Appalachian State seems to be on track, but any other game, until you get to that day and that opponent's on the field with Marshall, none of this is for certain. So we will follow this, of course. Uh, Today was also Doc Holliday's Zoom press conference. We're going to hear from him, get his thoughts on the game that was, and look ahead just a little bit. Not really much you can say. Appalachian State, of course, the next opponent. Marshall has an opportunity to maybe scout them out a little bit better before they face off against the Appalachian State Mountaineers. We'll talk a little bit about that. Of course, Thundering Herd, great performance, now has to sit back and wait. You're sitting back, you're waiting, you don't know if you're going to play again because you don't know what's going to happen with Appalachian State. Again, until Appalachian State is in Jones C. Edwards Stadium, that game is its solid, but it's not rock solid. It's not guaranteed until it happens, and that's where we're at right now with all of this. So we've got a lot to get into. Um, also, Grant Wells named one of the nominees for the Manning Award Quarterback of the Week, and they've got a, a pretty neat little gimmick going on right now that, trust me, I know you heard fans out there. that I'm with you. I I know you heard fans that are with me right now. You like stuff like this. All you have to do is uh, you go to, and I've got the link, if you go to my Facebook page for the show, The Drive with Paul Swan, I've got the link posted there. All you have to do, if you want Grant Wells to win this thing, you go to my page, follow the link, or if you already know how to get there, you're going to go to the Sugar Bowls page, Facebook. And you're going to like the Sugar Bowls page. That's the gimmick right there. They want you to like their page. And then after that, you're going to vote for the photo of the quarterback that you want to see win this thing that had the best performance. 
And, of course, I'm going to tell you all right now, you want Grant Wells to win this thing. So go to that page, like it, like Grant's photo. Possibly he could win the Manning Award Quarterback of the Week. That's pretty cool to have him already getting a lot of that publicity. A lot of people are talking about him. Now, of course, he's got to carry that over. He's got to do well against Appalachian State. And in the next game, in the next game, one game, though, came out like a sensation. Doc's going to talk about what that exposure means. We're going to have that a little bit later on, his thoughts on the game, what that exposure means, because you're the first game. You're on ESPN. You're the first game. Really nothing else is going on right now. So if you want to watch college football on Saturday, you're watching the herd. And to come out and just jump on EKU and have a a quarterback that first start for the Thundering Herd hasn't played. So first start for Marshall gets out there and just goes and lights it up. Social media, uh, to be fair, again, this is all anecdotal, but social media, at least – Watching some of your responses, you loved every minute of it. It, This was exciting for you. You love the potential there. And this is the kind of football that you've been wanting to see. So I think that's fair to say if this keeps up, Marshall football is going to be real fun. And Doc Holliday has said it this season. He likes this team. He really likes this team, what he's got. So we're going to hear from Doc Holliday. We're going to do it in two segments because uh, we spent a lot of time with him today in his post-conference, his, his, his Zoom conference. We spent a lot of time with him today. We got a lot of great things out of him, so we're going to hear all of that when we continue. We'll start off with Doc Holliday's presser. Later on, we'll get your phone calls in. You can find me on Twitter, at Paul Swan as well, so I'm looking forward to hearing from you. Doc Holliday coming up next on today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Now, back to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. We're presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Welcome back to today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan, and today was Doc Holliday's Zoom press conference. Getting a chance to really wrap up the game against EKU as the Thundering Herd now moving on, getting set for Appalachian State. That game coming up here in less than a couple of weeks. We'll have it for you on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930 and also on our sister station 93.7 The Dog. Now, as we always do, Doc Holliday likes to open up. He gives a, a, a quick, brief statement, set sort of the tone of what he wants to talk about, and here's Doc Holliday addressing the media during his Zoom press conference this afternoon with his opening statement. Well, I think, um, you know, number one is, of course, having uh, having an open day here this early in the season, you know, it's uh, a little unusual. But I thought, you know, anytime you go into first games, there are a lot of unknowns, as there was in that one. And I think as college coaches around the country, including our, uh, myself, were concerned about was, you know, not having spring ball and, and not having – all that is how well, you know, the team tackled and, you know, executed the fundamentals and techniques and all that thing. And I thought for them, I thought, you know, we went into the last, even during these fall practices, we had, we had no officials for the entire time because we couldn't bring officials in here. So I thought coming out of that game, the one thing I was really pleased with, I thought we tackled extremely well. You know, we were single digit missed tackles defensively. And I felt like, the, we, you know, I thought we operated pretty clean with just having two penalties and that type of thing. So, you know, we can build on those things. Uh, you know, excited where we are at this point. But again, 
you know, we've got a lot of work to do. Uh, we got an excellent team, of course, as you know, in Appalachian State coming here in a couple of weeks. So we got a lot of work to do between now and then. One question that Doc was asked, pretty standard, pretty straightforward. What'd you see? Because he talked about later on in the press conference about going back watching that film. And so there was a question to ask him what he saw after watching that game. Well, I saw a team that executed extremely well, you know, and I felt one thing I was really pleased about is, you know, we, we only played, uh, you know, that, that first offense and just, uh, went in there and played one series the second half. But I thought the one thing I saw when those other kids went in there, normally when you substitute to that extent that we did, you know, people start moving the ball a little bit and it gets a little sloppy and that kind of thing, and that didn't happen. You know, I saw guys, you know, from from as a band going in there and making plays at, at second offensive line going in and executing and, Nigel McDaniel and the receivers and that type of thing. So, and same thing defensively, you know, and I thought it was huge to have the opportunity to go play as many, I think we played 66 players that and we traveled 70 and had 70 dressed, which I've never heard anything like that happening. So, you know, to be able to get those guys in the game, you know, down the road, we're probably going to need that, you know, and we're talking even this week coming up is when we practice tomorrow and, and uh, throughout the week is is this probably be a pretty good week to work even work some players that haven't didn't get the opportunity to play in that game because you never know at some point you know we may need those guys so we got to try to keep everybody ready and like I say control we can control and uh, that's getting better as a team uh, the rest of this week and of course going into the game week next week. I thought Marshall could have ran this thing up close to seventy. They could have put their own score whatever they wanted. The way that that first unit was playing offensively, the defense was spectacular, shutting EKU down. So Marshall could have really named its score. But I thought it was very smart for Doc Holliday to take those guys out, put some guys in that maybe have earned some playing time, had an opportunity to go and, and show what they were able to do. And, you know, you got Knowledge McDaniel. I mean, here's a guy. He got a lot of show in that game. We'll talk about him in a minute. But the first thing I want to talk about with you is what Doc had to say about the national exposure that this game on ESPN being really one of the first games out of the gate. Right now, if you're looking for college football, Saturday, ESPN, not much is going on. You've got Marshall right here. And if you're looking for a game, here it is. And you're probably going to watch a casual fan. You're getting a lot of exposure. I mean, look, Grant Wells, named Conference USA's Offensive Player of the Week for his performance. He's one of the stars of the week for the Manning Award, the quarterback of the week competition that's going on right now. And you can you can vote for him to, to get his name out there a little bit more and get more people paying attention to him. So there's a lot of media exposure, social media. A lot of people were talking about this game. I know I even saw some Heisman conversation. It's early. It's early. But I saw some Heisman conversation for this. But still, it's early. But it was fun. All of this is happening for the Thundering Herd. And so Doc was asked about the benefit of that national exposure, what that really meant to the program with that kind of performance that the Thundering Herd was able to show on Saturday. Well, I think it's huge. And you've heard me say many times, um, Grant, that anytime you can get your, you know, put your program, uh, Marshall University on a national stage, it's huge for the entire program, the school, the university, the town and everything. And from what I, what I heard from, you know, my family that watched the game, that type of thing, that ESPN did a tremendous job for us. I didn't see it, but I heard that heard it was great. So anytime you can do that, uh, it's just great exposure for our program and our community and our school. And it's a great thing. So, 
that's one thing about you know the way the season's kind of unfolded this year is you're gonna probably get a lot of exposure because you don't have as many teams playing. So the ones that are should benefit. You know the Eastern Eastern Kentuckys of the world. They're gonna get more exposure than they've ever gotten. You know on uh, Austin Peay's and those guys that are playing. I mean they're on national TV more than they ever would have ever been on a normal year. So you got to take advantage of it. And uh, when you play well, it even helps you more, I think. EKU definitely going to get a lot more national exposure. They've got West Virginia coming up, and that game's going to be watched by a lot of people because no one can go to the game. No one can go. No fans for that game. So that's going to get a lot of exposure as well on the TV side. The eyeballs will be watching because nobody can be in the stadium. So lots of exposure there. Doc's right as far as EKU. They're definitely benefiting from this. Even though they got tattooed 59 nothing. they're going to benefit from these experiences and this exposure. Now, one kid that has definitely benefited right now is Grant Wells. I've mentioned all the great things he's done. He's a pretty humble kid. We're going to hear from him later on this week. But his performance, Doc was asked, did you ever see something like this? Here's a kid, debut, hasn't played for a couple of years, and you got that kind of performance out of him. You ever seen anything like that? No, you know, I felt and I felt going, you guys heard me all along. I got great confidence in Grant. And I felt like going in that he was going to have an excellent game. I felt really confident. I didn't quite think it was going to, you know, kind of play out like it did. So, yeah, it's a tribute to him and his preparation, you know, and uh, the way he prepared for that game. And, you know, he's got to take that game now and he's got to put it behind him and, you know, grow from it and move on. Because, as I said before, we had an even bigger, we got a huge challenge here coming in a couple of weeks and, and one that we're looking forward to as a coaching staff and he'll look forward to as well. Another follow-up question to that was on Grant's command of the team. Now, we've heard previously, when we had player interviews last week, a lot of the veterans, a lot of the guys that have been around a little bit, you know, they respected him. They felt that he was going to get the job done. They had his back. They said all the right things. And then he goes out, and he has a commanding performance, and that was a question. How well did Grant seem to command this team? Well, I think it's going to continue to grow. You know, I think I told you before the game, I don't think I know I told you before the game, that our, our players have great respect for Grant about the way he goes to work every day and the way he prepares. And, you know, he's, he's, you, saw, you saw our team rally around him from the first day of practice and, and watch it grow every day. You know, you guys that were here watched, watched him grow as a player every day throughout practice. And you know, he's only going to get better. You know, he's only going to get better. And, you know, our kids, like I say, have great respect for him. They've got total confidence in him. And, and uh, like I say, he'll, he'll, I think a performance like that's even going to you know give our kids more confidence in him. It already has, and he just got to he's got to put that behind him now, and and we got to put it behind us as a team too. And I mean, and and move forward because the good thing is the only good thing about the open date is we got a couple more extra days to get it put behind us and move forward, which you know we'll start that tomorrow. So Doc Holliday, very confident in his quarterback. The players very confident in the quarterback. And if I'm a unit right now that's very happy with the quarterback, it's the wide receivers. Now, let's be honest. Grant Wells had a great performance, but those wide receivers for the Thundering Herd, they stepped up as well. Doc Holliday commenting on his wide receiver core. Yeah, there's no question. I mean, I felt, you know, going in, as, as you all know, we, we didn't get a lot of production out of that receiver room a year ago, injuries and, you know, all the above. And, you know, those guys are all back. You know, Brock's a year older. He's a sophomore, you know, he's a second-year player right now. Uh, same thing with Talik Keaton. You know, Willie's he- Willie's healthy and had a good camp. And then you add you add those other three guys into the mix with uh, you know Shadid and uh, you know Woodyard and and uh, Corey Gamage and and those other guys. 
you know, it's great to see those guys go in and make plays and have the production they've had, and along with the tight ends. I and mean, we were still getting production out of X and Devin Miller. And I think we had uh, 13 different receivers catch balls, you know, on Saturday, which is a good thing. I think all four tight ends had a catch. So Amir Richardson's a good, you know, like what, you know, Amir Richardson is another young player that's really come along, going to be a good player for us. That was good to see. Let's not forget the running backs. Now, when you're watching the game and you're looking at the, the numbers and you're seeing that the guy leading the yardage on the ground isn't Brendan Knox, you're thinking, okay, well, Sheldon's having a great game, right? Brendan, he's having a good game, but Sheldon's probably having a better game. No, 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 no. You put Knowledge McDaniel in, he gets a lot of reps in that second half, and he takes extreme I think extreme advantage of that situation. So I asked Doc if he would just talk a little bit more about him and that running back room. I mean, knowledge really came out there and he performed well for this squad. It's nice to have that depth out there. And uh, here's what Doc had to say when I was asking more about knowledge. Yeah, there's no question. I, mean, I think you know, the guys had the opportunity to watch us practice. You know, you see knowledge, you see Papillon, you know, uh, Ali's another guy that, uh, you know, he had some issues where he, where he couldn't dress Saturday, but we like him as well as any of them. So, you know, that, that running back room is probably as good as it's been, uh, you know, since I've been here. That's a, that's a tribute to Pep and the recruiting part of it. So, you know, with those guys in that room, that's a deep room. But, you know, hopefully you're going to need things like, I mean, I, you know, at the end of the day, like I mentioned before, who knows, you know, by week three or four where we are. But uh, I, I know just, you know, before the season's over, we're going to need all of them, that's for sure. But it's a great to see a guy go in there and do what he did. And he's a talented guy, you know, 220, 225 pounds and physical and can run. And he's he's, a good, he's going to be a good back someday. Defense also put together a pretty good performance, 59 nothing, a shutout. Of course, Marshall scored almost at will. The defense made sure to get the ball back to the offense, and uh, key there was that linebacker core. And Doc talked a little bit about some of those players and that linebacker core, how they stepped up. Yeah, the, yeah. and Neil is a guy who, you know, he played, you know, last year as a true freshman, probably shouldn't have, to be honest. And, uh, you know, but you saw him make him play, you saw him looking like a linebacker. You know, if you got to coach a heck out of that linebacker, chances are you don't have one. You know what I mean? And, you see guys line up and make plays, and you saw that. You saw a lot of natural instincts out of him. And Corian Anderson played so much faster than what he played last year as a true freshman. He came in and, and played really well. And then you add Bo Plans, a guy that just uh, he played on every kickoff. You know, he played probably as much as any defensive player we had, and made a bunch of plays. So Charlie Gray, you know, he's gonna get his. He got his feet wet, uh, feet wet a little bit, and he he looks great. Of course, Becca just. Beckett, he's just all over the place, you know. So all those guys, you know, I think overall, I think we've got more depth there, which also carries over to the special team part of it as far as the kick coverage. And we didn't see the punt coverage. That's one of the first I've ever been – I don't think – of course, I know here at Marshall, we, it's the first time we ever had where we didn't punt the football. So we didn't get that, opp that opportunity to watch that punt team. But I thought our kick coverage was extremely well. we got to get a little better on our kickoffs. Now, there's a follow-up question, again, talking about the linebackers. and you got some guys who are new to the program, who are inexperienced. You have some people who have come in, and they come from different programs, and you're trying to mesh all of those players together. But Doc Holliday, you got to remember, they've had these guys for a long time now. I mean, they're probably the world champions when it comes to practice, and Doc talks a little bit about having those linebackers in the system longer than you, knew, more, you normally would. Here's Doc Holliday's remarks. Well, there's no question. I mean, him being, you know, playing as a freshman has helped him. But, 
you know, I think, I think, you know, we started getting able to actually coach these guys July 6th, which doesn't normally happen, you know, so we've been at it a long time. So even the bow plans of the world, the Cavacantes, the Charlie Grays, those guys have had a million reps in walkthroughs and, and practice and, and, and if you remember, we we started week zero. We thought we were playing week zero, you know. So we got that extra, extra weekend. So we've been going at it a long time. And you know, Brad and that defensive staff do a great job of coaching these guys up. They've got a lot of reps. Uh, you know, I watched that. You know, I watched the. I watched a little bit of that Navy uh, BYU game last night. And I thought the one thing was interesting was, you know, I think I think it was Navy came out and said they hadn't tackled live the whole camp. You know, and they hadn't played live or they haven't tackled the whole camp and. I just don't think you can do that as a football team. I mean, I think if you're going to play this game, you got to line up and play, and you got to tackle, and you got to do all those things. And that was one thing I was pleased about with our game was, is that we actually, like I said, have, we had very few missed tackles, and, and I thought that, I thought we played uh, played sound and and, uh, and technique and fundamentals. I thought were good. So that's Doc Holliday talking about the game, talking about some of his standout performers. Uh, we're going to carry on with Doc Holliday when we continue. Uh, he discussed some other things, not specific to the players or the EKU game, but some general things. And so we've grouped all that together. We're going to hear that when we continue. We've got time for your phone calls. We'll take them at 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. That's the number to be a part of the program, the Miller Lite phone line. Miller Lite, whole true great taste, only 96 calories, the original light beer. More on the way. It's The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Buckle up. Paul Swan has the wheel on The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank, you're listening to the Tuesday, September 8th edition, The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM. At AM 930, our phone line this hour brought to you by Miller Lite at 877-420-TONK. That is 877-420-8255. We've been listening to Doc Holliday's presser from earlier this afternoon. Week two on the Zoom. Going pretty well, actually. Uh, I think Doc has really warmed up to this. He's doing a pretty good job on these press conferences. And, you know, I think that by the end of this, um, he is going to be pretty adept, and he's probably already using this now when it comes to recruiting and everything that goes into this planning on how to use this tool. So it's been pretty cool so far to have Doc on Zoom. Again, it took Doc Holiday to get me on a Zoom conference call, so here we are. Uh, let's continue on. We've got um, Doc Holiday talking about a few topics. Now, I'm running these two back-to-back because I think it was the same question, and I'm not going to tell you – uh, who asked them? But I think it's the same question. Doc just addressed it uh, slightly differently. But the first question was, in a sense, talking about the fact that you, you had a pretty good performance. The team did great, and having that good performance has to help avoiding a lull because you're going to have some extra time off. You're not playing again until the following Saturday, and you've got that extra time now, and you come off a great performance, and so. Having that performance, that type of performance, you know, does it really help with the lull? Because you're not playing to capitalize on that momentum. You know, I think anytime, I mean, you know, if you got a, if you got a, a good football team, which I like this team a lot. I've told you that in the, past, in the last you know two or three weeks. That I really like what this team's all about. But you know, these kids just want to play at this point. You know, and I think anybody uh, there shouldn't be lulls at any point right now. To be honest with you, because. 
as we know, of course, we're, we got one game in, we're one and oh, and we got another one coming here in a couple of weeks. So, you know, we got to do a great job with our preparation. Yeah, this team has, has done that all along this fall. I don't expect that to be any different. And, uh, you know, we've given them a couple of days here. You know, yesterday we came in and, and watched the tape and today they got totally off. So we'll get back going again tomorrow as far as practice and that kind of thing is concerned. But I expect them to come in here locked in and put that game behind us and, and let's move forward because we have to. Okay, so that's Doc talking about that. What sounded like a similar question, and again, Doc addressed it in a different way, was just how do you keep focused? But it's because here's the same setup. You have great performance. Now you have some time off before you get to play again. You're not going to play Saturday. You're going to play the following Saturday. So, again, you know, how do you keep that focus? Here's Doc's response to that one. Again, just control we control, and that's coming out here tomorrow and going back to work and going back to practice and – I think we got a good plan. You know, we got a good plan as far as what we're doing as coaches and our practice schedules and all those things. So we'll, we, you know, we'll follow that plan. And you know, again, you're gonna have to we have to lean on these players a lot. You know, you got to lean on the leadership on this team, which I, I really like a lot. With you know, Sheldon stepped up and you know, Knox's and you know, all these guys. You know, we're gonna have to they have to hold each other accountable. And you know, like I'm this year more so than any other year we've ever you know I've ever coached football. It's gonna be. You know, your teams you have that have a chance to be great football teams, the teams take ownership in that team. And, then, you know, that needs to happen more so this year than ever, uh, along with the leadership part of it, because, you know, you, you just it's not only what happens here in this building, it's what happened when they leave. I mentioned that a hundred times. You know, these guys got to make sure they hold each other accountable once they walk out of here to put themselves in a position so we can play every week. So to this point, we've done a great job with that, and uh, we got to continue to do that. Sort of follow-up to all of this, you're not playing on Saturday, you're playing the following Saturday, is a question that was asked about does Doc see a perceived advantage or a disadvantage on having a week off before Appalachian State? And the the hook here is you've had off weeks before, but having it so soon in the season. You know, it's, it is what it is. I mean, I, you know, you, you probably in a, in, a, in a perfect world, you'd rather not, especially if you play the clean game that we played this past Saturday, like turn right around and play again, you know. But, you know, there's nothing going to be perfect. There's not going to be anything normal this year. You know, I mean, we just got to – and you know what? Two or three years – two or three weeks down the road, something else is going to change. It changes every week. So I think we better get used to this conversation we're having right now because we're probably going to have that two or three more times, you know, before this year is out. So – Again, I think the thing we got to do is we can't worry about, you know, off dates and open dates and when we're playing and all that. We just got to focus on what the task at hand is, and that's to do the best job we can possibly do to get ready to go play, you know, App State and play a great football game. So we're going to do whatever we can do as coaches and players to get ready to go play that game, just like we did, uh, you know, Eastern Kentucky. And uh, then we'll worry about we'll look look up the next week and see what, is it two weeks when we play is it three weeks is it one week who knows so we'll worry about you know app, app state right now because we can't control that. Doc Holiday needs to be a speaker for motivation because he he says it right there. You have to focus on the task at hand. What's the task at hand? That's Appalachian State. Seriously. It's real simple. You can't focus on, okay, hey, we got a week and a half. We got to – no, the task now is Appalachian State, not the open date. It's get ready for Appalachian State. How do we do that? Here we go. And so he's making a lot of sense, and he's said this over – if you've listened to Doc Holliday ever, 
you know these are sort of some of the pearls that he likes to drop, and it makes perfect sense. You can't focus on anything other than the task at hand. So if someone would make a motivational poster with that and Doc Holliday's face on it for me, I mean, I think that would be brilliant. I would print it and have it in the studio because that's really the pearl you take away from all of this. Focus on the task at hand. That's the one thing you have to deal with, the task at hand. Now, Doc and his his players, they're pretty good unit. They like to get together, and if there's an opportunity for them to watch an opponent, the next opponent, and if that opponent has a game that uh, you know, doesn't conflict with their schedule, they'll get together and watch it. And it's going to be weird because Appalachian State has an upcoming game before they face off against the Thundering Herd. And Doc was asked about that, just, you know, what's it going to feel like just not getting together? Because, again, we're in the middle of a pandemic and you're trying to keep everyone separated as much as possible, keep them safe. You're trying to do everything so you can continue to play. And one of the smart things you can do is not have them gather to watch a football game. You bring them in when you need them and you let them go when you don't have them there. You hope they're doing the right thing. But Doc talked a little bit about that, just how different it's going to be. You're, you're not going to get together and watch this game. No, I think they're better off just, you know, we'll we'll come in here Saturday morning and practice early. And, you know, that game's a noon game on Saturday. So we'll get them out of here in plenty of time to go home. They can watch it on their own at home because I think the more, you know, the, the, you know, the, the least amount of times you can get them together as a group is probably a good thing right now. So, you know, we won't have anything like that. They'll go home and then watch it on their own. Good point there. Keep them separated as much as you possibly can. Bring them together when you need to have them together. Do all the smart things in between. In between, there you go. That's the that's basically the policy. Now we touched on it. You can't control it. To quote Doc, it is what it is. You have a possible hole in your schedule now with Rice. And question was asked. You've heard about all of this stuff with the scheduling. You know, can you give us your thoughts on possibly not playing Rice? Well, I don't think there's any question. You know, we got to take it one. You know, we know we got App State coming in here. That's all we know at this point. And that rice thing's up in the air, and I don't know what's going to happen there. But I got enough issues just worrying about getting this team ready to go play and Appalachian State coming in here. So I'll let Mike Hamrick and David Steele and those guys worry about the the rice game and who we replace that with or whatever. So I I know Mike and David, they've worked nonstop on on trying to get games and try to schedule games and – you know what? There's going to be more changes. I mean, I get, we're going to look up here in two or three weeks and probably have the same conversation we're having right now about somebody else. So I think at the end of the day that, uh, you know, our conference will do a great job trying to replace games and match some people up so we can, so we can get some games. We can only worry about – again, we got to worry about what we can control and what we can control right now is, is App State getting ready to come in here. There you have it. Don Holiday, pearls of wisdom, can only control what you can control. Focus on the task at hand. I'm telling you, when football's no longer a thing for him, he should really go out and go out and speak because he's got some good points there. If you just pay attention and listen to him here, I mean, I can apply this stuff to my everyday life right now. Focus on the task at hand, control what I can control. And before we leave Doc Holliday's presser for this game, one question that was asked of him, Oh, that was a great question, really, because last week when I was talking to these players, uh, along with all the other members of the media, yeah, I, I kind of asked, hey, does it feel like 
you're sort of back in a rhythm now. You know, it's a it's football week finally. You know, are you sort of back to normal? Can this be normal? And so, Marshall's played a game now, and I think it was Keith Morehouse actually WSAZ to ask this question. So I'll credit Keith with this one. He asked a question, basically talking about you know, hey, you had this game now, college football. It was it was a college football Saturday for your team. How important was that game for your kids? Basically. You know, talking about the mental health, just, you know, the positiveness of having that game. Here's Doc's response to that. Well, I think it was huge. And just having the opportunity to have some fans there, you know, we're one of the few teams in the country. I think App and Charlotte, who's playing on, on Saturday, had zero fans at their, uh, you know, at their game. So, you know, just having, you know, you watch some of you watched that Navy game last night with BYU, there was zero fans there as well. So I think that's a tribute to Mike Hamrick and, you know, everybody here at Marshall, the administration, to be able to put, you know, 12,000 fans, whatever that was. But you know what the great thing about that fan, that fan base? They, they all stayed. I mean, they were there. I think they were so happy to see a football game that they just – they wanted to make sure they took it all in because, you you know, they never left. And that was that was a huge thing. You know, our kids noticed that. Uh, you know, our kids enjoyed having them there. And uh, I think it'll get better and better as the season goes along. And hopefully we can get a few more people in there every week. Also, I would say the, the pass-out policy, either stay or you go – I like that. I know I'm not going to make friends with some of you on this, but I like the pass-out policy of you're in or you're out. No coming back. Now, granted, we're in different times, and the tailgating is important to a lot of fans, and, and that'll come back over time here in the future when it's when it's feasible to do that again. And, and we got to follow everything that Marshall's asking us to do right now. But I I thought that it was really nice to see – all of these fans who showed up, watched the game in the first half, and came back. So I'm sure Doc appreciated that. You know, more you could hear it in his voice. You know, he he really appreciated the fact that the kids come out in the second half and, and look, the fans that are here, they stayed. I Man, imagine you come out in the second half, you're ready to go, and and where's everybody at? Think about that. We'll wrap it up when we continue with today's edition of the Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 9:30. Never miss a moment of The Drive with Paul Swan. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're wrapping up the Tuesday, September 8th edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. It's been a fun week so far. Labor Day was yesterday. Hope you enjoyed your day off from laboring for those of you who are able to actually get the day off and take advantage of the day. Got football coming up in less than two weeks with Appalachian State coming in to Jones C. Edwards Stadium. Hopefully we can figure out what's going to happen with that game scheduled for October 3rd with Rice. So that's going to be important as well. So we got a full week and a half coming up, but it was fun. You know, I didn't think we'd get to this point. And uh, I'm sure for you as well, it was really, okay, how is this going to play out? But everything looked seemed fine. I thought Marshall did a good job. I was pretty pleased the way everything was proceeding and progressing. As I hit the, it was eerie though. It was eerie because I'm walking the the concourse and going up to the elevator. It's just it, it was it was eerie. The it was quiet. There wasn't the usual sounds from the tailgate lot. And you get into the press box, and again, a lot of people like to socialize. It was eerie for a while, just to not have that normal sound and cadence and then the football game happened I thought okay we're pretty much with less fans in the stands it's still it's 
pretty exciting out here, actually. And I think that was more to do with the way the team came out and performed. And, of course, the team, I'm sure, fed off what energy the fans were able to provide and vice versa. So week one in the books and everything was good so far. We'll get another game, another shot at this on September 19th. We'll get another shot at this show tomorrow back again. Coming up tomorrow, we'll be right here for you on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Don't forget, anytime you like to listen to the show and you can't do it live, you can get it on demand. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, or wherever you get your audio, get your podcast is where you can find today's edition and every day's edition of The Drive. Thanks for tuning in. I appreciate everyone being here. Back tomorrow, we'll do it all over again. Until then, good night. W227BS Huntington, your flagship home of the Marshall Thundering Herd and The Drive with Paul Swan, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.